Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Genesis 12, verse 7. joining us. My heart is with each and every single one of you. If you're here listening, it simply means that, you know, the Lord wants you to hear this message. So welcome. On our, um, so on our last episode of Becoming Fruitful, we talked about how God wants to do great things through us, similarly to Abram, well, more so Abraham. But what we didn't get a chance to mention was that before he was Abraham, he was Abram. So this is a story of Abram before his name change. Today, we'll be exhorting out of Genesis 12, verse 1 through 8. We're also going to be skipping around a bit. Just bear with us. I believe the Holy Spirit has some biblical principles that we ought to follow. So before we dive right in into the message, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit that these passages that you, that you have highlighted to me during our time together will bring forth life and great encouragement, not by my nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. So, Father, we ask that you just invade this space. Remove me completely out of the way and have your way. Holy Spirit, anoint your servant to speak your words. Let your words become alive in us. And as I always say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. All right, let's jump right into it. First, we're going to analyze Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. And it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. In him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here we have a man that God is calling to do great things through, right? But the promise starts off like this. He was called by God to leave his land, his family and friends, behind just for for an invitation with God an invitation to partake on a journey with him a decision where he had to move from a place of comfort to a place of unknown and it was in this place of unknown that God made him a promise a promise in which God would make him the father of a great nation bless him abundantly and also Through him, all the families of the nations would be blessed. The immense scope of that promise. How could one say no to that? Like, how could one say no to such promise? Personally, 
I wouldn't have given it much thought, honestly. Would you? <laughs> because let's be honest, at the end of the day, we all want to be blessed. But it was within that blessing, there was a stipulation. Whether God may or may not have shown Abram a sign of the future, I bet it took great courage for Abram to leave everything he knew behind. So just imagine just being stripped from like everything that you know, right? It's like, it's like if God were to say to you, I know you have families and friends here, but I'm going to need you to move out of the state, away from it all and start over. At any moment, the decision you make can change the course of your life forever. You know, so often we hear about the promises of God and we get really excited. And to be quite honest, we're supposed to get excited about the promises of God. But if God were to show us what those promises would entail or the hardships that one must endure along the way, the process one must go through in order to see the promises of God come to pass. Many of us wouldn't dare to say yes to the call of God. Let's be honest. Most of us would probably say, mm, no, thank you. I think I'll pass. But instead, he shows us the promise or he sends his messenger to speak his promise unto us. Because God is in the business of refining in process. When we look at Abram, we see a decision solely based on faith. His response to obey God shaped his future. So what I'm trying to say is that our response to God shapes our future. Our yes shapes our future. And this was the basic outline of God's covenant with Abram. It was on God's promises in Abram's faith. The covenant of Abram was based on faith. So what exactly is faith? Well, faith is described as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Well, we know that the Bible states that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. But why is faith in God so important? Well, faith is important because without it, we can't please God. Just think about it. How can one please someone they can't trust? When having faith simply means trust. So, Abram first had to acknowledge the absolute existence of God. Because without the acknowledgement of his existence, we can't trust, have faith, or believe. So my question to you guys is, why do you trust the people in your life? Does it have to do with integrity, character, image, or reputation? So based on your answer... Can you now see why it would be impossible to please God? So whenever we let unbelief consume us, it brings the character of God into question. It dishonors who he is. And we know that God is to be revered. 
A lot of us should be asking God to help us with our unbelief. The opposite of unbelief is faith, trust, and belief. So this brings us back to the man of the hour, Abram, right? The Bible says that Abram didn't just believe in God. He believed God's word. Believing in God and believing God are vastly different because one can believe in God, but not really believe God. Yeah, we understand that you believe in God. But do you actually believe the promises that God has spoken over you? Do you believe God? In Abram's case, he believed God, willing to submit his life to the process and the will of God. So just imagine the type of faith that Abram must have possessed. The Bible states that because of his faith, he was justified by God. So when I read Genesis 12, these verses jumped at me. It was like, God, what are you trying to say? It was like a puzzle, and I I love puzzles. I was amazed at the revelation I received. So, okay, here we go. (laughs) There are some key words that I want us to pay keen attention to, right? If you'd like to write them down, you can do so. So we're going to take a look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot left with him. So Lot was his nephew, by the way. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. In verse 4, we have departed as the Lord has spoken to him. I want us to pay keen attention to that sentence. So this passage here is all about faithful obedience. So let's go ahead and skip down to verse 7, which is our anchor scripture for today. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please help me to explain this just like you revealed it to me. So in verse 7, We have, I will give you this land to your descendants. So with this sentence alone, we can see that God is thinking multi-generationally, right? The land of Canaan represented the promised land. God unequivocally showed Abram the land his descendants would acquire. So what I've come to understand is that the promise was for the future generations to come. For people like you and I, we would believe God by having faith in him, which makes us an heir of the promise. You know, so often we think that the promises of God are about us specifically, when all God wants to do is set us up in a way that our future generations will know him. Listen, sorry to bust your bubble. It's never about you or I. We are chosen for God's service. We are chosen for God to show his glory through us. Plus, I don't want us to miss out on the fact that the Lord appeared to Abram, which means that the Lord made himself known to Abram. Like we've talked about before here, an encounter with God 
changes the nature of who we are. So after the Lord appeared to him, he built an altar there to the Lord. I want us to pay keen attention to that. And then we have verse 8 that says, Then he moved on from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. There we see it again, built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. I Listen, I am laboring into this passage because I want us to understand that God has a blueprint on how we ought to walk in his promises or his call for our lives. So if we were to take a look at this passage to its entirety, we can see that Abram took some notable, um, notable steps, right? The first step being that he willingly obeyed God. Verse 4 in particular lets us know that in order for Abram to possess what all that God had for him, he needed to be obedient. So what this is telling me is that in order for us to lay hold of what God has for us, we ought to be obedient to his word, submitting to the process and the will of God, simply doing exactly what he says. So the question then becomes, why is obedience such a huge factor? Why is it that we must obey the Lord? If we're to go back to the Garden of Eden, we can clearly see that disobedience resulted to the fall of man, separation from God in a plethora of things. Or we can even go back to the Ten Commandments, where we can ascertain just how important the concept of obedience was to God or is to God. Obedience to God brings about great blessing. Listen, y'all, there are blessings attached to our obedience. Obedience to God shows that we love him. And it's usually when we're willing to obey that God promises us certain things. So there's always a clause. If my people, if you follow my commands and statutes, The promises of God are conditional to our obedience. Obedience to God is doing the very thing that he is asking us to do. It doesn't always make sense. Then again, it's not for us to make sense out of things. One cannot walk with God without being obedient. It's impossible. So what does obedience look like? Well, let's take this podcast for an example, right? So God had planted the name Deeply Rooted Faith in my heart back in February 2019. At the time, I just thought, you know, I was just writing to God. Unbeknownst to me, but known to God that this name would eventually be the podcast name. I remember praying to God about not knowing where to start or even the topics that I should address or talk about. To be transparent, I wasn't sure if I was fit to talk to people about, you know, God, let alone have a podcast. So after my little rant, God was like, are you finished? Are you done? (laughs) Will you just quit chattering and listen? God deals with people differently and some days he just doesn't have time for me. (laughs) So the same night, the Holy Spirit downloaded numerous topics in my spirit that I am to speak upon. The list was created on July 7th, 2019. 
2019 at 10.19 p.m. After the list was created, I built an altar unto the Lord and worshipped him. And once in a great while, I would take a look at that list and just say, God, have your way because I just don't know. But it was like a continuous tug of something, you know, that I needed to step out on faith and do. God had to move me from my comfort zone into a place of unknown. The reality is, family, that I needed to start walking. I had to make a decision. I needed to give God my response. Stepping into the unknown and believing the promises that God had spoken over me. I had to step into the reality of who God is. And then April happened. So here I am, literally, checking off God's list. I am, listen, I am literally just here, fervently seeking the face of the Lord and asking him what he wants to do next. After all, this isn't my podcast. I'm just a voice. So this tells me that I must walk by faith with complete dependency on God. Awaiting for his vision, awaiting for his messages and his insights. Oftentimes, we feel inadequate to the call of God in our lives. But I'm here to remind you that it is God who equips the call. The adequacy comes not from ourselves, but from God himself. Where we end is where he begins. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He doesn't change. His words are irrevocable. So if we're going to be a people who walk in obedience, a people who walk in light, truth, and power, we must submit everything to him. We have to know that God is the ultimate source. He is greater than everything. My sister is so full of wisdom. She said something that I will never forget. Oftentimes, we're waiting on God to do something when in actuality, God is waiting on us to take that first step. So in order for us to see the power of God work in our lives, we have to start walking. We have to be obedient. And most importantly, we have to step into God's truth about our destiny in him. For faith without works is dead. That's what Abram had to do. God said to him, I need you to move. And that's exactly what he did. Obedience comes in many forms. Your obedience or lack of faith could be what's hindering you from laying hold of the promises of God. Your obedience may look completely different than someone else's. So what are some areas in your life that God is calling you into obedience? Whatever the Lord has placed in your heart, I pray that you surrender the very thing that's holding you back. God is calling us into a season of manifestation, but it must first start with our obedience. I found it extremely interesting 
that it was after Abram's obedience that God appeared to him and revealed the land that Abram's descendant would possess. Again, faithful obedience unto God brings about blessings. For blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. So what this shows me is that as we walk in obedience to God, he starts to reveal another part of his character or nature. So this brings us to our second noticeable step in verse 7 and verse 8, in which after Yahweh had appeared to him, not only did he build an altar unto the Lord, he also called on the name of the Lord. So what are these particular verses telling us? Both verses mentioned building an altar before the Lord. There is a definite theme here, something of great importance. So whenever something is mentioned back to back in the Bible, I truly believe it's God's way of getting our attention. These verses are not just telling us, but showing us how extremely important it is to build an altar before the Lord. This is God saying, this is what I want you to do. One may ask, so what are the requirements of building an altar unto the Lord? Or what is even an altar? An altar is merely a designated place where a person consecrates himself to someone or something. In our case, we consecrate ourselves to the Lord. But we must first start with the altar of our hearts. So what do I mean by that? The altar of our hearts is an act of worship. And our worship must be pure, pure before the Lord. It looks a bit like dwelling in the presence of the Lord, seeking the Lord's face, pursuing the Lord with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our soul, pursuing him with everything that we are and everything that we're not, and healing to the process. Building an altar before the Lord simply means laying everything down at his feet, finding a space to hear from him, finding a space to praise him, finding a space to worship him, finding a space to call on his name. And the most poignant part of this whole message, of this whole passage, for me was that he called upon the name of the Lord. Let's say that again. He called upon the name of the Lord. When I read that, I couldn't help but think that the word name is a term used for identification, right? So the implication of Abram calling unto the name of the Lord was to simply identify himself with the manifestation of God that he had just encountered, cementing who he was and who he is in Christ. So we can see that the Lord Almighty left no room for confusion. So I'm saying all this to say that we must identify who it is that we're building our altars upon. Because, let's be, let's be serious, there's a lot of different altars out there. And God is a jealous God. 
Isaiah 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. The altars of our hearts are our idols. So what is the blueprint one must abide by? Well, when God calls us, there must be a response to the call. This response will require us to have faith in God. And our faith will require us to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And it is through our obedience that God starts to reveal his glory through us and more of his nature and character. So as we journey through the promise, or as we journey through the promises of God, we must call on the name of the Lord through worship, prayer, and praise. Building an altar before him. Making his presence the top priority in our lives. Presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice unto him. Submitting ourselves to God so we're available. So I will repeat. The fulfillment of God's promises is conditional upon our obedience. Could it be that in this hour that God is inviting us into a place of obedience? Could it be that God is inviting us into a place of encounter, a place of true manifestation of his presence among us? Could it be that God is inviting us into a deeper place of worship where his presence is our top priority? A place where we can lay down our worries, our will, our desires, and our wants and lay it all down at his altar. Family, it's important that we do not miss what God is doing in this hour. God is after our obedience. God is after our hearts. He wants us to move from a place of unknown to a place of manifestation. A manifestation of his presence. A manifestation of who he is. By us building our altars before him as we become more and more like him. So my question to you today is, how will you respond to the Lord? So before we go into prayer, the Holy Spirit wanted me to say this. If God has spoken a promise over you, just know that you can count on him to keep every single one. If my people would just believe my words, if my people would just posture their hearts before me, if my people would walk and obey as I am directing them, if my people would praise, worship, and call on my name in the midst, my promises to you are that I will never leave you nor forsake you. If I've made you a promise, it shall come to pass because I am your God, Yahweh. I am that I am. Just believe me. Just trust in me and watch me make a way out of the desert place 
and you shall be blessed beyond comprehension. Some of your promises are multi-generational. You may not see it, but your children, your children's children will see it. When I make you a promise, it's not always about the now. It's for your future generations. It's for those who will believe in me, for those who will come to know me by your walk with me. So I'll leave you guys with this. John 14, 21 says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. God is love. And His love is unfailing. And His promises are irrevocable. He can't go back on His words. That's not his nature. So what this tells us is that we have a part to play in God's purpose for the earth and for our lives. So let's be a people who align themselves with the wants and desires of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this time together, a time of encouragement, a time of pressing into the more of who you are. Father, we enforce God's original plans and purposes over the lives of your people. We decree and declare that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that the blessings of the Lord is our portion. The manifestation of God's presence is our portion. The glory of God is our portion. Father, we thank you that you are the great I am. We identify ourselves with you, Father. We build an altar before you. Oh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as you, Father God, as you call us into a place of obedience, we say yes. We say that our response to you is yes. We say yes, Lord, to your ways. We say yes to the place that we should go. We say yes to the things that we should do. And we say yes willingly with reverence for who you are. Wherever you are, lift up your hands to the Lord and just say yes to him. Let fear, Father, have no hold over us. For your word says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Father, let us not grow weary and tired into what you are calling us into. In this season, Father God, for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up, Father. We thank you, Lord, that in this hour you are raising up a people that will be obedient to your words as we lay the foundation for our future generation and the ones to come. For your word says, Father, if we are willing and obedient, that we shall eat the good of the land. Father, I pray, Father God, I pray that we become a people that are doers of the word and not hearers only. As we walk into the promises which you have spoken over us and lay hold of every single promise, I pray, Father, that we don't get caught up on the notion of how your promise is going to be fulfilled, but keep our gaze on you, that we shall move when you say move, even when it doesn't make sense, that we will follow your presence instead of logic. We thank you, Father God, that your word is settled in the heavens. Your faithfulness, Father, endures to all generations. We pray to you, Father God, the the God of the universe, the one who spoke every single thing into existence. We say, Father God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor forever and ever. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
So this concludes our episode for this week. In this week's episode, the Holy Spirit really confronted me on some areas in my life where I needed to heal more, areas where I needed to be more intentional. Listen, y'all, this walk with Jesus isn't easy because if it was, we would all be walking with him. So thank you, God, for grace and mercy. This week, I challenge you guys to ask yourselves, what are some areas in your life where you've been reluctant to obey God? Areas in your life where you've deemed things, you know, as too difficult. I pray that we will become a people who believe God to fulfill all his promises to us. Though we may not have the slightest idea of how God is going to take us from point A to point B or even point B to point C, we will be a people who believe in his words. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Listen, y'all. Obedience to God is essential. God is always faithful in his promises. Remember that. So, yes, mistakes will be made. Yes, we will fall short sometimes. But that's the beauty of the journey to believe God, to depend on Him wholeheartedly, and to trust Him completely. So hear what the Lord is inviting us into, family. So thanks again for rocking with Jesus and I. My name is Marge, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at DRF Podcast or leave us a comment. Thank you for listening. God bless. Love you all. See you guys next time.